Hi, I'm John Byrne with Poets and Quants. Welcome to another podcast series. This one on Willamette University's Atkinson Graduate School of Management. And joining me today is the Dean, Mike Han, and one of the school's well-known professors, Tim Johnson. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I should mention that Tim is Senior Associate Dean as well for faculty, as well as an Associate Professor of Public Management and Public Policy. Dean Han has been working at Willamette since 1979, so you know the place very well. In fact, you started there only five years after the school was established in 1974. And during his first year as Dean, Han has expanded the program to include a business minor for undergraduate students at the university and the data science for professional certificate. So let's talk about the MBA program, because that's what everyone's interested in. Tell us a little bit about the curriculum, how it's designed, and what it's meant to do. So our curriculum, uh, John, it resembles many other programs in the sense that we you know, address all the foundations. Our accrediting bodies want to make sure that we teach students accounting, finance, operations, just as many MBA programs do. But what makes our program distinctive is that those two accrediting bodies, both one for the public sector side of what we do here at the Atkinson School, NASPA, and the private sector side of what we do here, AACSB, these two accrediting bodies, they uh, distinctively look at the fact that we're interested in integration across managerial disciplines and also providing students with a cross-sector experience. That is, training managers not to think about themselves as for-profit money makers or not-for-profit do-gooders, but also the types of folks who can transfer across sectors of the economy, because ultimately that's what real leaders end up doing. As they uh, arrive at higher levels uh, of responsibility in organizations, they generally have to interface with, say, government agencies while also running a for-profit business, or being a not-for-profit that knows how to turn to for-profit uh, companies as potential collaborators. And so our program's perhaps distinctive in taking all of those traditional managerial disciplines and trying to find the ways in which they intersect with each other. So let's say someone in accounting can be cognizant of operations, but then also how those forms of cross-pollination also play across sectors of the economy, whereby managers will need in a sophisticated modern environment to be able to look at different industries as potential sources of cooperation and as well competition. And Atkinson is only one of two business schools in the world that's actually accredited for public administration and business. How did that happen? You know, that's really been part of our mission from the beginning. We always uh, started with a cross-sectoral focus about the idea that we're preparing managers for a long career, and not only to be able to function effectively as uh, primarily in one sector or another, but to work across sectors. So from the very beginning, we were committed to the idea of preparing managers side by side for careers in both those areas. Indeed, we went through a number of iterations where we were initially the Graduate School of Administration, the Graduate School of Management, with degree names that sort of denied that we were an MBA. We would see Master of Administration, Master of Management. It was always part of our DNA, our commitment to be to be cross-sectoral. Over time, we've evolved to, to be an MBA, but still an MBA with a purpose, where we're an MBA for business, government, and not-for-profit organizations. And, and so as we've always been committed to being accredited by both agencies. We'd like to think that if we're doing the job that we set out to do, that we're doing it in a way that would satisfy the individual accredited agencies. Yes, you are preparing people for careers in private management. Yes, you're also doing a good job preparing people for careers in public management. And so we've sort of always taken that dual accreditation as a, 
as a stamp of approval, as a validation that we're doing what our mission says and what we set out to do. And I imagine that dual mission informs how you approached an MBA experience. I know for one thing that in your first year of the MBA program, you have a nonprofit consulting assignment that every student takes. You got it. Students start out in their first semester with an applied project whereby they're assigned an outside client and they're asked to take a project that that client has as a current challenge, work on it, and in, that, in the time that they do so, get some exposure to the organizational environment from which that project emanates. In other words, engage with the enterprise itself. In that process, students who are early in their careers get exposure to the world of work and the challenges therein, you know, working with others, teamwork, um, as well the application of technical skills that you might have learned in an academic context and now need to apply to a real challenge in the day-to-day -day world. Students get that type of exposure right from the start in our program through uh, a required course. Every student does it. And it also helps them gain insight into the fact that many of the tools that they'll be utilizing here at the Atkinson School, which you know they're learning in the context of an MBA program, are applicable to the types of challenges that not-for-profits and public agencies face because here before them in this required course is that very type of, uh, of challenge in the public sector or in the not-for-profit sector. And do you infuse in the traditional MBA courses like marketing, strategy, operations, finance, uh, public sector examples? To be sure. I, you know, I think actually it informs our content. We probably have a little better balance of content, but one of the things we always do, at least as a minimum, is to balance the examples uh, across sectors. So, for example, I don't want to admit it, but I'm actually a mathematician in a suit. So what I do in my faculty life is to teach statistics courses and analysis. And uh, we have a, a solid peppering of examples from uh, private sector, government examples, uh, and not-for-profit. It's just part of it's just part of the acculturation of students and uh, to think cross-sectorally at, at all times. So, Mike, from your perspective, and you've been dean now since September of last year, you're coming on your first year anniversary. What makes Willamette unique? Oh, there's so many things. Uh, where to start? But I think we'll sort of hit all our key talking points when we tell try to describe to people what what we're about. And I think we've hit some of them, but just to review that focus on early career, our commitment to cross-sectoral management, also to consequential learning. And I say the word consequential advisedly because nobody knows what it means. But I think it's we try to own as a word that means experiential, but not like everybody else's brand of experiential, but um, with uber experiential, experiential on steroids, uh, we have experiences that students do um, like a student investment fund. You go, wait a second, I think a lot of schools have that. Oh yeah, of course, you're right, they do. But what we have is an angel investment fund where students are involved in funding entrepreneurial enterprises and, and actually take positions in angel investment groups and hear pitches and debate companies and make investment decisions. So that's a real interesting entrepreneurial dimension, I think one for which we've gained some notoriety. Um, and then finally, the, we have a not-for-profit investment program. So consequential, but what's this not-for-profit investment program? Well, students actually have a fund of over $100,000. They solicit uh, proposals from not-for-profit groups. They evaluate the groups, the strength of their leadership, the quality of the proposal, an organization's ability to, um, to 
uh, implement their proposals and so forth. And so it's a, it's really an unparalleled learning experience. So the consequential, I got hung on it for a while, but it's really, I think, an experiential theme that a lot of schools have, but taken to a higher level and something I think is really distinctive about us. Now, many business schools generally look for uh, students that have two to five years of work experience. You're unique in the sense that you're willing to take uh, students with uh, little to no work experience. And I think that experiential learning then assumes far greater importance in the educational journey of those students. Uh, how, how did that happen to begin with? Yeah, well, so I, I think we've always been a school with a mission, uh, one about preparing and, and uh, training, identifying future leaders for the region, for the world. I'm starting to sound a little bit like a, some kind of poster. But, <laughs> but um, it, was, it was just a position that I think was a natural one for us, especially because of our affiliation with Willamette University. So we're at a high-quality liberal arts institution, and it kind of informs the way that we think about education and preparing leaders and it's sort of a consistent a symbiotic relationship that we have with our college of liberal arts that we sort of focused on early career um i think actually the trend over time is to accept students at earlier and earlier stages of their career and one of the things we think about it is that it's good for students to have the benefit or full careers benefit they can engage in um, management education and enjoy that benefit for their whole career instead of stopping out mid-career often with considerable opportunity cost. Um, so I, I think it's a, I think there's, it's a real strong value proposition for students, especially if you think about students coming out of an undergraduate experience, which they're well prepared for careers, but there's maybe not the clear signal of career readiness. And to add management education on top of it really sets up a student well for being a, a fully developed person with a degree in liberal arts, but also ready to move out into the world and accept management responsibility the day they start working. Does that change the job of faculty in any meaningful way? You know, it, it, that's a, a great question. I think that it allows faculty the opportunity to peel back the curtain and to, to expose students and engage students uh, with the world of work in a way that they might not have been exposed to before. Thus, it adds enthusiasm to the classroom. And it also focuses uh, faculty members as a result on the practical application of the skills that students are learning. I think there's a temptation amongst any academic to focus in on the theoretical nuances, the conceptual material, and treat those as valuable in themselves, which, you know, as an academic, I believe they are, but I also think that we have a responsibility to show students how they have value to the outer world, um, that they can actually be used for practical, tangible ways to improve the community, to improve the enterprises that students work for. And so working with students earlier in their careers focuses my colleagues and I on that goal of, of relevance for what we're teaching in the classroom. And as a result, it makes the classroom environment more exciting. We can look at an idea that's you know, neat because of, you know, it's, it's, it's parsimony and virtues itself. But then we can also say, hey, look, there's even additional value to this. It can be utilized in order to do good in the broader community. Uh, I, so I think as a result, that makes the, the pre preparation of our students early in their careers an advantage to the Willamette MBA program. The other thing I found just by speaking with a few of your graduates and current students is students seem to forge very good relationships with the faculty. Many of them have mentor relationships. 
And I think that might very well be a function of where you are, the small and intimate size of the program, but also the fact that you have younger students. Yeah, so when you when we were talking about points of distinction, I actually failed to close the loop on some of the cultural dimensions, and I think you're, you're bringing us back to them and talking about them nicely, which is, you know, we are a place that where we have a, a high-quality faculty, tremendous scholars, unbelievable teachers, um, that many of the same people that you'd find at large schools, but because we're smaller, we're able to deliver an intimate experience or more of a boutique MBA program, and to younger students, it's it all kind of works together in terms of the collaboration does create uh, close relationships. And we do indeed. I think you've talked to some of our students. I know students from 40 years ago. I know students from yesterday and we're tremendous close relationships. It's uh, it, that's a way that I think a faculty person's job is different here than other places is our willingness to commit to the institution, the mission of it, the school and commit everything we have to the students. And, you know, we're about their success. We're about learning and collaboration. And it shows, I think, in the long relationships that we have with students and alums. You know, I recently interviewed uh, one of your graduates who now works for Deloitte. And she was describing for me some of the tricky questions you're asked during a job interview with a consulting firm. And one of the questions was, uh, describe something as if you were speaking to a blind man. So I'm going to ask the two of you to describe to me, being a blind man, what is it really like? What does it feel like to go to school at Atkinson? Interesting question. Well, I think the one thing that would be noticeable to anyone is that there's a palpable energy about the school. Uh, When fall courses roll around, students start to you could congregate in hallways, talk, collaborate. Because of this small, intimate setting that we're in here uh, with you know, faculty members uh, engaged uh, on a regular basis with students at an individual one-on-one level, I, I think there's a degree of energy that one can sense, even you know, absent any of uh, the, the kind of cues that you would normally um, use to, to gauge something like that. And so I'd say that that's the first thing to notice. The other thing to notice is that students, um, by working together, you, you hear more chatter in classes, you hear discussion, you would be uh, aware of the fact that this is an environment in which students are taking a leadership role in their education by participating actively. All of our courses are hands-on, discussion-focused. Uh, even though the, the larger required courses, they involve educational practices. They get students uh, moving about the room, uh, talking to each other, and, and working on tangible tasks. And I think that's something that's noticeable just in uh, the chatter that you would hear in classrooms, in the hallways of the Atkinson School. And it's it's distinctive in that sense. It's, it's the, the primary feel you get when you enter um, Mud Hall, the building in which we're located on Willamette's campus. So I would add to the description a little bit about the flatness of the organization, the lack of hierarchy, the fact that students and faculty think of each other as collaborators more than teacher and student, and that kind of informs our our relationships. There's a lot of informality. People call me Dean Hand. They're on my bad list. I go, please, don't call me that. Call me Mike. (laughs) I think that's typical of, of the relationships that all faculty have with students about, again, not being the, the sole source of knowledge and authority, but rather a, a collaborator in learning. Indeed, it's a little bit cliche, but it's true is that as faculty members, we learn as much from each class that we go through as, as the students do. 
And I think when we take that approach to learning and collaboration, it's it just you know makes for a vibrant, uh, energetic, and happy environment. And Mike, as I mentioned before, you've been at uh, Willamette MBA since 1979. You've seen the program and the school evolve over that time. What's new now? Well, so the, you actually touched on some of the things. I think one of the things we're trying to do is to, is to, you know, we believe there's a number of ideas in management that are tried and true and universally true, eternally true, if you will, and that if you teach those and teach those well, you're doing your job. At the same time, I think we're challenged to make our material relevant um, to, you know, modern managers and the like. So that means, of course, it's kind of obvious, but with the rise of importance of analytics, that we need to be responsive to that. So we have new offerings in data science that include both a graduate certificate in data science. That it's something that professionals could do as a standalone certificate and would add great value to their careers. But it's also a nice um, add-on or adjunct to the MBA work that people do. And then, of course, it's part of a larger effort to develop a full specialty master's. As a small school, we're not going to do too many specialty masters. You know, we can't spread ourselves that thin. We want to be first about the MBA. But the analytics area, I think, is an area where it, it's a nice complement. It's well aligned with the things that we're trying to do. And, and Mike, as the dean, do you have a vision for the school and where you want it to be in five years? Uh, well, so I think, when, you know, if we sort of think back to our, our longtime mission and vision to be a source of leadership talent uh, for the good of the region, the world, and, and the like, and to be uh, also to be a magnet for the region, to be a resource for the region, a reason that people come here and participate. Oregon in the Northwest has a lot to offer to, to begin with, of course. It's rather, it's kind of obvious, but to be able to attract top talent and develop top talent to uh, be a positive influence. We're kind of all about that. So aspirationally, what we want is to be is sort of true to our Oregon and Northwest roots, to be nationally recognized. I think we're accomplishing that at, in in rankings that we see. It's a, you know, nobody's really too uh, preoccupied with rankings and the like, but the fact that a small school in a relatively remote geographic location gets mentioned in the same um, rankings with much bigger, better known schools is kind of what we think of as validation. And then finally, to be globally relevant, where you know, we have faculty are producing new knowledge and being influential in the global sphere. And I, th I think we're doing all those things, but we want to be bigger and better. I think in terms of direction of change, I think we really like to increase our influence in the Portland area. And, it, you know, we're relevant, uh, of course, throughout Oregon. We're situated close to the capital, aren't able to participate in um, in government debate and the like, but to be expand, an expanded presence in Portland with more programs and the like, I think is probably an important growth area for us in the near term. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much, uh, Tim Johnson and Dean Mike Hand. Really appreciated uh, your time. I think we had a really interesting discussion. I think anyone who's listened to this has a real good feel for the culture of the place uh, and what makes Willamette really different. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. You've been listening to uh, one of our continuing series of podcasts on Willamette's Atkinson Graduate School of Management. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.